You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about how to build a business that sells for top dollar. And I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me and an expert, Terry Lammers. Let me tell you all about him. He is a certified valuation analyst and the co-founder managing member of Innovative Business Advisors. He was president and owner of Tri-County Petroleum for over 20 years before joining Regions Bank as VP of Commercial Banking. After selling his business in 2010, today he works with his team at Innovative Business Advisors to guide current business owners looking to sell their enterprises as well as prospective buyers. He is the author of You Don't Know What You Don't Know, which provides an in-depth examination of the process of buying, growing, and eventually selling a business. Welcome, Terry. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? I don't know. Who's that guy? <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Nancy. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We are in for a treat. I know a lot of people start their businesses, and we think about starting more than ending. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions on actually exiting the business. But before we talk about selling, let's talk about building, because I know a lot of people think they should grow their company organically. You have a strategy of actually growing by acquisition. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Uh, that was the key to my growth. I executed 11 acquisitions um, while I owned Tri-County and it was it was a fantastic way to grow clients and grow geographically and even expand the number of products and types of things that you're selling. Uh, you know, I was in a business that was very, uh, customers were very loyal so I could talk to people till they was blue in the face and not get them to be able to, to switch over and buy from our firm because Fuel is a pretty, what they call a fungible product, and that means that it's, it's the same whether you're selling it or I'm selling it, it's the same product. So it's really all about service and somewhat on price. Um, so by buying those other companies, we was able to retain about 95% of the customers through each acquisition. So uh, it was a fantastic way to grow the company, and if you if you, if you do it right, a lot of these acquisitions were very lucrative as far as, you know, what we paid for the companies. I think it's a great idea. What do you do with those entrepreneurs who are very, I mean, we're, we're stubborn and we're proud and we want it to be our baby. How do you convince those people that have those feelings that acquisitions really work? As far as on the buy side? Yeah, right? Like, yeah. we're all, we love our own company. We're not sure we want somebody else's stuff. How do you convince them that it really is a good idea? You know, when you start looking at the financial statements and, and talking to them, and most of the time you are buying a company for the cash flow that it is producing. And then, and I try and do this in my speaking events, I show people, it's like, okay, we're going to say this company's cash flowing $400,000 a year, 
but you're able to, through merging your two companies together, able to eliminate a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of operating expenses that you're not going to have, such as insurance and some things like that. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're buying, you're paying for that company for its current cash flow of $400,000, but it's really going to cash flow, say, $600,000 under you. And that's a phenomenal value. And if you're really looking to grow your company, uh, it's really a strategy that should be thought about. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So switching to actually selling now, how can people position their company so they can get top dollar when they're ready to sell it? It's really focusing on, I'd say, cleaning up your company. You know, you want to end strong. Uh, in my valuation work, I, it's sad to see a, um, a lot of owners are on what I call a glider path. So they really quit working about four years ago, and now they're wanting to sell the company. And as a result, their cash flow has decreased every year for several years. That's just a bad, bad situation to be in. You really want to finish strong. The other things that are really important is have your financial statements and tax return done on time. It is absolutely critical that you have good looking and readable financial statements and that you're getting your tax returns done on time. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is really building your team of advisors. You know, who's your financial advisor? Do you have a financial advisor that fits the level of money that you have. Most owners are kind of like I was. I don't think I had $80,000 in investable money before I sold the company and now all of a sudden you have seven digits of investable money. You know, do you have the right financial advisor to guide you through that? Do you have an M&A attorney, you know, that, that can get you through the process? You know, uh, do you need a banker? Who Who's the people that you need on your team to get you through this transition? I like that answer. And I, actually like the part where you say people kind of coast the last couple of years of their business, even up to four years, and they have to finish strong over the finish line. Because I think that's the problem is people all of a sudden decide they want to sell and it's not ready. I help a lot of companies get systemized so that they can sell and get top dollar. So great answer on that. What are your thoughts when a company is ready to sell? Do they keep it quiet or do they tell their employees and the banks and let it be known? You know, that's the ultimate conundrum of running a brokerage business. You're trying to sell something that uh, you don't want nobody to know is for sale. <laughs> uh, it, it, confidentiality is a big thing. I mean, with me selling my company, um, I actually it actually got sold to nine different companies. That's kind of a long story. But one of the knuckleheads that it was going to sent an email out to his employees that it was buying our company and we hadn't even signed a purchase agreement yet. And that was, it was bad because the word got out quickly. But that being said, there's also some things I didn't do right by not sharing that I was selling my company with certain people. So we talk about building your team. I didn't tell my CPA. I didn't seek out the advice of a financial advisor. And uh, it really is kind of a, a balancing act of who you tell and who you don't tell and how you go about marketing the company. Why did you choose not to tell your CPA? Well, uh, he was also a customer. Um, we sold a lot of fuel to farm accounts in the St. Louis area here, and he happened to farm about 4,000 acres. So I didn't want him knowing on that end that I was interested in selling the company. But, you know, that's he's a key person that's on your team that can really help you with your tax liability uh, from the result of the sale and stuff like that. Yeah, that, you make a really good point about that. A lot of times people's wealth is tied up in their company, and when they sell it, 
they're in, you know, they can get a huge tax hit. What are some tips on how to do that besides talking to your CPA? Well, so let's really, let's step back one step from there. You need to have your business valued. No, no matter where you're at in the life cycle of your business, it's absolutely critical that you have a realistic idea of what your company is worth. I run into far too many people that they come to me the day they want to sell their company and they think the company is worth say $10 million, but it's not worth $10 million. It's worth $5 million. And Oh, by the way, that's before you pay your silent partner, uncle Sam. So, you know, from that perspective, then, you know, no realistic value of your company. Cause that's going to answer two things for you. One, are you ready to exit? Can that get you to your financial goal? Um, retirement or two, do we need to grow this thing in order to meet your goal? When you get to the point of selling it, I would tell you that it's not about how much you sell the company for, it's how much you keep net of taxes. So that maybe leads into your second, to your question then, or what are some ideas that you can do that? Well, in, in our business, I always say I'm kind of the quarterback. I, you know, I may not know all the answers, but I'll get you to the people that do know the answers. So working with your CPA, working with a financial advisor, I mean, there's, you know, how's the allocation of the assets going to go? Does it make sense for you to maybe uh, do some deferred compensation, you know, financing part of the deal? There's a lot of different scenarios that can help with your tax situation. That's a really good idea. I read one st statistic on your website that said you can increase the value up to 71%. What does that mean? Because that's a huge, that grabbed my attention. That really has to go when growing your company. The the large, the more the cash flow you have, the bigger the multiple you're going to get for the company. And you know, there's other the coaching process that we use using the value builder system. You know, there's um, they it, cash flow is one thing, and that's probably the main driver for determining the value of your business. But there's other things that could hurt you as far as even making your business sellable. So um, in the, in the value builder system, one of them they call it is the hub and spoke, you know, do you, are you the hub of your company? Meaning do all the employees come to you? Do all the customers come to you? Do all the suppliers come to you? You know, do you have a team of people set up to where you can, you know, that company can operate without you being in there. And that can really be the difference between having a company that's even sellable and um, or not. That's so true. I bet also you mentioned about having accounts receivable. Are you talking about when people have too much money outstanding and then it doesn't flow through the business? Well, that's another thing that, that was, you know, really one thing that was a headache for me with buying other companies because we was in a business, you know, fuel you have to pay for in 10 days and our average accounts receivable was still like 27 days. So you got a hole there that you got to feed, but think about, you know, your business owners think about this. If you have a sloppy accounts receivable and you're letting customers pay in 90 days and I want to buy your company and I won't let customers do that. If I got to rein those customers in, that's really going to, you know, increase the chances that I'm not going to keep those clients. So that's what in the value builder system, we would call that the valuation teeter totter. So here's something to think about when you're buying a company, you're actually writing two checks. 
you're writing one check for the value of the company, and then the other check is for the working capital of that company. So in theory, the larger your working capital requirement, it may put downward pressure on the value of that business. Uh, for example, with my company, um, we had about $3 million in accounts receivable and a million dollars in inventory. So whoever bought my company, they was coming to the table with another check for over $4 million to absorb that working capital. Wow. So like you said, 90 days out for receivables. If you were closing, does these, let's see, the buyer write a check to the seller for the outstanding receivables, and then if they never collect, it's his loss? Uh, in a typical transaction, in a typical purchase agreement, the buyer would pay um, the buyer would you know pay the amount for the business. The seller is going to keep their cash, collect their accounts receivable, and the buyer will pay them cost for their inventory that is good. I do see situations where a buyer may purchase the accounts receivable, but typically in those scenarios, they're only buying the receivables that are less than 60 days old, and there's usually a true up period, you know, 90 or 120 days after the sale. Well, that makes sense too, because I can see the risk. I don't, as a buyer, I wouldn't want to pay no. for that if I'm not going to collect it. Yeah. Sure. One advantage of, of buying the receivables, though, is you're you're going to get almost instant cash flow. Then, so say in my situation, um, you know, my average receivables were 27 days. Well, if you think about that, from the day you start, you take my company over. Say it is April 1st. It's funny. I actually sold my company on April 1st. So it was. <laughs> Nine years ago today. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, so if you took my company over today, it's going to be 27 days until you get the first, you know, the first uh, check-in theoretically from those sales. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Wow, that's an interesting point of view I hadn't even considered. So what should people ask a current business owner if they're interested in buying it? You know, I did, well, here's what I did a lot of, I called it planting the seed. So I would just stop by and see them and introduce myself and say, you know, hey, John, you know, if you, if, you know, if you're ever interested in working together, let me know. Or if you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Um, and that most, a lot of times, the first time you go talk to them, they're going to say, no, I'm not interested. Well, thanks for stopping by. Glad to know you, you know, and then maybe you stop by the next year. It's kind of the same conversation. And then you get the, yeah, you know what, we'll have to sit down sometime and have a cup of coffee. And then maybe six months later, they're calling you and saying, hey, it's time to have that cup of coffee. But, you know, we're all going to exit our businesses one day or another. Uh, it's really, you know, what's your strategy for doing that? Or do you plan on going out <laughs> the proverbial boots up method? I love that. That's really good advice, too. And I've had other people on here that get businesses ready to sell, but I like your viewpoint. One, that you've already been there April 1st, years ago, but also what were some of the lessons learned that if you had to do it again, you definitely would have done something different? Maybe non-competes, maybe more systems. What was it for you, Terry? You, you know, I really don't have any regrets. And because I had bought 11 other companies, um, I really knew what I was going through. And it was from the day that we signed the letter of intent, we was done in six weeks. And I mean, that's really unusual. So the purchaser was a very sophisticated buyer. They had their own attorneys. And because I had purchased several other companies, 
I knew what to expect. And as I grew the company, that was always my goal to build the company up and sell it. So I, you know, when I started at $750,000 a year in sales, you know, in 2010, we sold the company, we was over $42 million a year in sales. So I, I knew what was going on, but I do have some, I think, great advice for your listeners. You know, if you're in your business and you're, you know, you're going to exit. So don't, I call it the ostrich syndrome. Don't have your head in the sand. You know, what are your contracts? What are, you know, are they transferable? You need to be thinking about that end date. And here's something that I'm running into a lot that I really want to pass along. There's a lot of business owners out there. They know who they want to sell their company to. Maybe it's a key employee. Maybe it's a sibling, you know, a son or a daughter. Are you setting them up to buy the company financially and to run the company as a, you know, doing business brokerage and coaching? I run into so many situations. It's really sad. They know who they want to buy the company but that person's been earning a living wage and they've never saved the maybe two or 300 or more thousand dollars that they need. Or that person is very effective at running one piece of the company, but nobody's ever taught them financial statements. Nobody's ever taught them maybe the sales up front, if they're in the service department or do they know the estimating, you know, do they know that whole business and are they ready to take it over? That's really good advice, too. I didn't think about this. They just assume since you're hanging out in the office, you know what how to run the company, right? Exactly. In reality, yeah, in reality, you probably are just doing what you know how to do or the owner is hanging on to everything. So that's really yes. good. Hey, before we wrap up, I'd love to hear about your book. Who should read it? Where can they find it? Um, you can find it. on. There's a link on our website. It's on Amazon. Or you can download a copy for free on um, – oh, shoot, what's the – the audio, it's not an ebook. It escapes me. I'll think of it here in a second. Uh, there's Kindle. That you can download a free version on Kindle. Um, the book, I really like it. It was a bucket list thing. So I start off talking about buying companies. So you know why it's advantageous to buy an existing company versus trying to start something from scratch or maybe a franchise is for you. Uh, then I get into uh, a simple process, a simple way to value a company and how to think about that and then the process of buying a company the middle part of the book i say is about building your team so there's chapters on bankers attorneys cpas financial advisors i talk about uh, your bankability how bankable are you um, then we get into building value in the company what are the things that you need to do to make that company valuable and sellable and then the process of selling the company we talk about confidentiality and telling your employees uh, then the last, the, the getting through the process of selling the company, and then the last chapter I called, uh, don't be like the dog that caught the car. So in other words, have a plan for what you're going to do with your life. Uh, I try and keep the book somewhat humorous, and I just talk about things that I did right and things that I could have done better. Uh, so really, I think any business owner should read it. Um, great tips in it. Sounds like a really good book. So just to repeat the title, it is You Don't Know What You Don't Know. Is that right? Yep. And then the byline is everything you need to know to buy or sell a business. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Terry, are you ready for the signature question on this podcast? Absolutely. All right. I love giving people back their time. So if you had one extra hour every day, 25 hours in every day, what would you do with your extra hour? Wow. Um, 
You know, I would probably read more. I really wish there's just, there's so many books out there that have so much information. Um, and I, I did something I just don't carve enough time out of my day to do. I'm laughing only because I checked out a book from the library three weeks ago. I've, my new rule is don't buy books, just go to the library because I'm out of space here. And I got this notice Sunday morning that said, hey, your book's due in two days. So I took the entire day of Sunday to read this book, almost 200 pages cover to cover, just so I could get it back on time. Uh, but it was so nice to have a day to do nothing but just read a book. So I totally get it, Terry, for sure. Yeah. For people, for people who would like to work more closely with you or talk about their business, and I know you're coming here to Denver to speak, could you give your website and also if that's a public event that people can register for out here in Denver? I'm, I'm talking with them yet. I'm speaking at a conference, but one of the things that I want to do is get them to open it up so uh, to the public. Um, so keep an eye on my LinkedIn page and, uh, you know, our website. And by all means, if you're interested, give me a call and I'll make sure I get you in. So we did. It's, an, it's a neat presentation. Talk about cash flow versus, you know, uh, cash flow and gross profit versus sales and net income. I go through a simple way to value a company and I, I, uh, I approach it from the perspective that you're a business owner and you're looking to acquire a company. So we're going to look at three financial statements that are vastly different than a net income and then talk about what the value of that company may be to you. And then we run through the eight value drivers and things that hypothetical things that are going on in each company uh, that may influence whether you want to buy that company or not. Wow, that sounds really cool. In the meantime, since not everybody would be able to do that, where can they find you online? Maybe your LinkedIn or your website? LinkedIn, website, two, probably the two best places to catch up with me. And do you want to give your website out? Yes, absolutely. It's www.innovativeinnovativeboyapple.com. So www.innovativeboyapple.com. Very cool. And Terry, is there anything else you want to add that I didn't even think to ask you? Um, no, if, uh, but if you are somebody out there that is looking for speakers for events you may have or conferences, uh, I'm always very interested in speaking to groups of business owners. Awesome. And yeah, speaking is a great way to grow your business. So yes, listeners, if you are looking for somebody to come in to talk about how to grow your business value, how to buy or sell, definitely reach out to Terry. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Terry, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show. Lots of cool information on valuations and companies. And listeners, I just rolled out a new program for business owners looking to systemize their companies in 30 days or less. What a timely topic now that Terry has brought that up as well. If you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked wearing too many hats, this program is for you. We work side by side to actually get things created so you leave with the work completed. You can find out more at my website, nancygains.com, or shoot me an email, nancy at nancygains.com. And if you love this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. 
and on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.